0: Hey everybody, this is Nick Chacon, and you're listening to another DMN one-on-one podcast. I'm joined today by Chaitanya Chandrasekhar, CEO of Quantic Mind, a Silicon Valley-based predictive advertising management software for paid search and social channels. Uh, Prior to Quantic Mind, uh, Chaitanya built and managed the traffic acquisition platform that was a part of data science team at Nextag and he earned his Master of Science in Mechanical Engineering from Stanford University. Thank you so much for being here.
1: Absolutely, my pleasure. Thank
0: you for having me. So, um, I think generally people have an understanding about what ad fraud is, but maybe let's, if we could start off by taking stock of where things are at now. Um, You know, a few years ago people might have said that domain spoofing on the web was sort of a big threat, now there's kind of a looming sense that that's getting under control a little bit. Um, and people are kind of talking about connected TV and mobile ad fraud being the big thing. Uh, let's just start off with where things are at. I mean, how can brands contend with the threat of bad actors if they sort of continue to evolve this way?
1: Yeah, so I think the threat of bad actors will exist at every paradigm uh, as we innovate on new. Uh, new ways to prevent it there's always going to be someone who's going to try to figure out a way to mitigate that and try to figure out how we can game the system right Um, i believe as we're uh, getting more and more sophisticated one of the things that all of us can do there are three constituents here there's the publishers there's the agencies and the advertisers themselves, right? Understanding what their end goal looks like, which is essentially making sure that the customers are getting the right experience from the brand, and then driving towards that, and making sure uh, we uh, monitor, keep all of the monitoring
0: that's necessary, and
1: transparent uh, through the entire process. I think that would lead to success.
0: And you know, what are some of the forms that that we're seeing fraud taking now? Because um, you know. Historically, we're sort of talking about phony impressions. What does it actually look like? Yeah, so today, uh, we went from phony impressions then
1: to click forms uh, So you had fake clicks. Uh, and uh, I think now we have even impressions that haven't happened, um, uh, people not even seeing the ad and, and uh, or partially seeing the ad, right? Uh, we've gotten a little bit better where we can scroll through the page and see partial ads, and but they don't actually show up. Uh, but also, we've gotten a little bit more uh, in the sense that from an ad fraud perspective, I would say, uh, even from a uh, sp- uh, content standpoint of view, there might be similar content that, that gets published. And I think that's another area of opportunity. That's another thing that's happening from a fraud standpoint of view.
0: And are there any sort of discriminations by industry? Or is this sort of big picture issue that we're seeing, uh, like, is this manifesting the same way across different uh, yeah, so in my opinion, it is
1: manifesting in different, uh, in different places in different ways. If, if you think about the different places, the big buckets in which people advertise, there's the search piece, there's the social piece, and there's the display piece, and even display, I would say there are two, there's programmatic and non-programmatic. Um, so I would say it's less so on the search side, because typically you have three players who are controlling most of the inventory in the publishing side, right? So you have the Googles, Yahoo, and Bing, they syndicate some of the space from other folks, but they're very good about policing uh, the fraud in their, in their ecosystem. Uh, and the second, and, and you know, that said, uh, and the second is social. The social piece, I believe there is fraud. There's also different types of fraud, I think. Fraud and brand safety kind of loosely connected together, right, in my opinion. Um, you have content that's being published on not-so-safe uh, uh, areas uh, of the social uh, aspect of it, right? So if you have content being published around con- uh, on a page that you don't want to see your brand against, then then you have to be really careful about how that manifests. So I think uh, you're starting to see, both on the search side and the social side, the publishers starting to own up to cleaning up um, both the content piece as well as making sure your, your brand is being shown in a safe manner. So they're giving you the controls to make that happen. We're still in the early innings of it, but I think what advertisers can do is make sure our brands or advertisers can do is make sure they put the pressure, continue putting the pressure to make sure that all of us uh,
0: give the right experience to the end customer. I think it was literally just the other day, the New York Times had this big story break, and then right underneath, uh, there was an ad for a competitor featuring exact, a link to the exact same story. Yeah. So that's the kind of thing that we're talking about, I guess, with, with placement and things like that. Um, I, I,
1: to that point, I do wanna, uh, I think we are getting smarter and smarter uh, with the technology piece that supports all of this. So I think programmatic, as we go forward, will play a huge role in this. Right, programmatic will understand the context, uh, in my opinion, of the content, and make sure from a, from an advertising standpoint of view, uh, they provide you the ability to both whitelist and blacklist. Uh, and so once you have all of this working together, then you can make sure that both from a content side, from an advertising side, and from the customer side, the experience is, experience is great.
0: So I want to talk a little bit about uh, you know quantifying the, the sort of the cost of ad fraud for for companies too, because um, I think there's a lot of dispute about how to go about that. What, I mean, what would you say to to a brand that's, that's looking to sort of uh, really get some transparency about how that how their ads are being served and things like that? I mean, what's what's sort of step number one? Yeah. Uh,
1: so first of all, making sure you have the right monitoring in place and the vendors that you can sign uh, to understand where they're being placed and. Um, and how how you're going to hold both the publishers and the agencies accountable as, uh, to make sure that your ads are being placed. That's uh, no longer an op- option or a nice to have. It's table stakes. You need to make sure you're investing in that. Um, I think what we need to also understand is brands need to embrace both the white listing and black blacklisting opportunities that they have. Uh, also start thinking about uh, first funneling down how many uh, publishers you want to work with, you don't have to work with the half a million publishers. Make sure that you have a safe list and you can curate that once and then start bidding up on top of that.
0: And then, you know, as we get into sort of uh, some of the differences across channels, I mean, uh, is there likewise sort of a difference in the strategy that you have to employ if you're, if you're trying to guard against, you know, uh, phony impressions in a certain certain channel or you know things like that I mean how do you how do you go about sort of um, tailoring your strategy to these different uh, venues where this might be taking place. Yeah I I think
1: if you um, step back a little bit and think about um, the different uh, places where most of this fraud is happening today I think that people would agree that most the, the larger percentage of the fraud is happening when the ads are federated on one of the networks um, and get published from a display standpoint of view, right? Um, also on social and, and, and um, even with the search publishers on Google, you get some of those. But at the end of the day, you, can, uh, you need to be a little bit more specific. Uh, I think there's a lot of control that's available within the publishers, different sets of controls that are available for different publishers. So I think getting a good grasp of what those controls look like and making sure you have the monitoring and the instrumentation in place to measure what kind of fraud is happening and then making sure you're taking actions using the controls that are available for you. So just to give you an idea on the on the uh, search side, um, you do have the ability to decide where you want your ads to show up. Um, similarly for uh, uh, for display, you can decide that you want to ch- uh, display on premium ads, right? The controls that are available. And on programmatic side, you can definitely whitelist and blacklist. So. Uh, different controls at different levels, but at the end of the day, the key would be making sure you're monitoring what is going on, and I think the onus of that falls on the brand as well as the agency that's helping the brand.
0: So I want to I want to take it one step further though, because th- once you do detect what what's going on and you, and you're you know observing this, um, is there a way to sort of be proactive um, and say and sort of uh you know take preventative measures in in this in this area a lot of programmatic uh a lot of this was introduced by by sort of programmatic and i'm wondering if if we're if the technology is sort of uh moving in a direction where a lot of these sort of detection and correction sort of mechanisms will also sort of be uh, under under programmatic's umbrella, so to speak.
1: Uh, I, I believe so. I, I believe that that we are already seeing the we're we're already seeing it, right? Uh, I think we can only iterate quicker and make sure that this problem is that feedback loop system that we're talking about here, that that gets sped up and we can make sure that the fraud and the brand safety pieces are being being addressed uh, mm-hmm. within the programmatic ecosystem itself. Uh, that said, uh, I think you brands then some brands and agencies can control this faster by controlling the dollars right making sure that the dollars are being allocated to brand safe websites i think that that's the key the brands have the leverage there they're already showing this right they've if 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 we have we recently saw both facebook and google with youtube uh, band uh, starting to ban a couple of channels right based on the content to prevent the fake news pre- to pre- make sure your brand, your brand the ads are on brand safety, right? So so I think you, the more you start to speak with the dollars the easier it, it would be. I think Google came out and said that, that they blacklisted five times more uh, videos, video content or flagged five times more video content than they did in the past, right? So I think that's we are starting to see not just that in programmatic but also we're starting to see advertisers and publishers work together to make sure that the, the entire ecosystem is being safe. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are two parts to it. Obviously, the ecosystem, but also where your ads are showing up. I think we can start small, and then the the technology is catching up. And you know, I I, I want to say there are a couple of lists out there which talk about the trust index, right, with mm-hmm. regards to programmatic. And you can already see that the numbers are starting to gradually improve on the brand safety metrics and the and the trust metrics that uh, that 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 are, you can see and think some of the publishers, or some of the programmatic players in there are scoring pretty high. And there are also premium programmatic players that you can decide that you want to
0: invest with first. But you still maintain this idea that ad fraud is not, uh, it's not going anywhere anytime soon. Uh, uh,
1: ad fraud is not going anywhere anytime soon because the, it's a game. It's a
0: uh, cat and mouse
1: game. I think it's here to stay. I think it's just uh, the, the, the volume and the scale of it it'll probably reduce as we go over a period of time. People find new ways, but I think we're getting better and better about figuring out ways to prevent it from happening.
0: Mm. And sort of heading into 2019, and uh, you know, uh, if you're sort of a marketer and you're trying to sort of get your your, your ducks in a row in terms of uh, really sort of taking control over this process and taking it, taking it on as sort of a, a sense of authority, like you say, with their, with your dollars, with where you're focusing your attention, um, is there any of those parameters that you say is really at the top of the list in terms of focusing your attention on uh, for for what's coming next? And you know, granted, as you said, programmatic's getting smarter. We're starting to see some of the results already. But you know, heading into the next year, everyone's always looking ahead, right? Sure. So looking ahead, I mean, what can we sort of, uh, what would you urge people to sort of pay particular attention to? I think, I think one of the key critical,
1: two, I think I'll have two suggestions. Uh, the first one is pay attention to the technology pieces that you need to have to make sure that you're monitoring and policing stuff, right? Um, I think the sooner you can identify, the sooner you can take corrective actions. So that's the first. I think there's an entire ecosystem of uh, technology that's available to help support this, uh, and they're only getting better. Uh, the second one, I and this is something that I've been firmly believer in, consider private marketplaces. I think what that does is gets you the ability to control the ecosystem in which you're advertising. So you have to fight with less fraud to start with. Uh, I think the premium nature of those private marketplaces will get you better results and a better customer, uh, better insight into customers.
0: Fantastic. Um, Chaitanya, I want to thank you so much for coming in. Uh, this has been a uh, really interesting conversation, one that I think our listeners will really appreciate. So thanks again for coming in. Thank you. Thank you for having me here. I appreciate it.